long. It goes by. By, yeah. And every time uh, I tell guys that they get weird, they get like that, all crazy, right? And they're like, oh my God, you're so perfect. We're gonna have a whole bunch of threesomes. But it's not until about like six months in they realize I'm not bisexual, I'm actually bipolar. Ladies and gentlemen, I was Shadi Diaz, a.k.a. our dear friend. But F it, hey, welcome back to the podcast, One Man, One Tree on a Hill. I'm your host, two-time wrestling champion, stand-up comic, comedian Jared Waters. Ladies and gentlemen, this podcast is sponsored by Old Hillside Bourbon Company. Ladies and gentlemen, it is inside the stores now. Old Hillside Bourbon Company was a company created out of love for bourbon, friendship, and camaraderie. The idea of quality time, great conversation, enjoying good spirits brought this team together. Our vision is filled with optimism, integrity, and a sense of responsibility to build a successful household of bourbon brand that people can cherish and love. Our story is unique. We're a collective group of individuals from different career backgrounds. This is our strength as we are able to apply our profession professional experiences to provide unmatched services to our customers. Ladies and gentlemen, this podcast is sponsored by Old Hillside Bourbon Company. Uh, well, let's catch everybody back up to speed. Ladies and gentlemen, I know it's been a while from this podcast. We'll just keep it transparent. What happened was, it's my fault too, uh, uh, I was going to stand up, met this company, uh, this manager, and I pitched the podcast to them, and they decided to, we agreed to like try the podcast out on a different platform, which was, uh, you know, uh, it was a test. And we did not like the test. We sent a lot of episodes. And uh, they were doing like more like editing, like heavy editing and stuff like that. And uh, the podcasts weren't coming out on time. They were like taking interviews out. So what we did was we, uh, like Kanye West, we copped the beats from him. And uh, we back. We're back on this podcast. So we just going to fill you in. We just do like a, you ever watch um, a TV show in the season has wrapped up and season two starts. But they give you like a wrap up what's going on. We're going to wrap up three months. And do a Woody's Roundup for this. So first and foremost, man, uh, Shadi Diaz, uh, that's that's our girl. Last time we spoke, uh, she was diagnosed with cancer. Uh, she's about to get her surgery soon. They're about to cut the cancer out of her body. And she made her HBO Latino debut. And, man, I'm just so proud of this chick, man. Just a little. Whew, I remember her coming from. We're just going to do. I have a lot of stuff that we wrote down throughout the, throughout the thing. So we're going to go through that. She uh, came here from North Carolina maybe three and a half years ago. And uh, I remember her being nervous about coming up here. And I remember a lot of comedians in North Carolina were discouraging her, telling her she's not ready. And I was telling her, you know, and that's not just me, just her on her own. I was like, you know, you got to realize a lot of these comics giving you advice have never been up here. So they don't know what the F is going on. And she came up here, planted her feet inside the freaking scene. And then she made her HBO Latino debut. HBO le- HBO debut, uh, we did our show. Her show was amazing. Everybody's nothing but love. Oh, this is why we tell the story, and we did that. And as we're doing that, uh, Dave Chappelle is downstairs. David Chappelle. It's been a wild three months. We're just going to wrap up everything. Before we tell that story, congratulations to our girl, Jenny. Ladies and gentlemen, Jenny Van Doren from Mother Effin, freaking engaged to her booski. Man, congratulations to her, dog. Shout out to our dog, JT, for making for making the move and putting that rock. He's a geologist, so uh, he definitely knows how to get rocks and got our beautiful stone. And effing congratulations, madam. We wish you nothing but the best, nothing but love and happiness down in Texas. Other announcements, congratulations in order to Desiree. Let's back that up. Major Desiree Darling, Major Darling, man. She just put on, she just put on that gold leaf, that silver leaf that... Uh, <laughs> Wait, never mind. No, no, that's Lieutenant Colonel. She put on that gold leaf. That gold leaf. Well, she's probably going to go to General. Congratulations to the General, man. That's dope and amazing. Uh, another shout-out to my dog, Scott Monaghan, a.k.a. Scotty Too Hottie. 
he freaking his movie just won so many festivals what the freak man and it's amazing i, I watched it like i said last like a couple episodes ago we watched it and it's amazing seeing people's vision come to flourish oh i like that i wanna since we i wanna i wanna play a clip from scott when he won his award and he said a lot of stuff man and we we talked about this when we met up and we talked about this on the podcast but it's it's he he made he wrote the film he wrote co-wrote the film and directed the anchorage and it's getting a lot of buzz inside the the festivals so he won the uh stony brook festival now he won this big german festival and this is, was his acceptance speech i want to play a little clip of it is this thing on hello i'm gonna stand over here i just want to see all your beautiful faces um wow this is one of those moments uh they say you know dreams come true this is a dream i didn't even know i had a dream uh that i didn't even know i was capable of um and i want to thank all of the people all of the women in my life that kept pushing me to the arts and pushing me away from violence and away from the darker side that comes with masculinity um just to cry alone for me to see and to hold my friend dakota in my arms and to tell each other we love each other while we're here is important because people can disappear very fast. Yeah, man, that was, it's eight minutes. We'll, we'll, we'll put the clip inside the description, but it was, it was a really amazing speech of what he said about masculinity, man. Sometimes as men, I guess we don't know about giving people, our, giving, giving our boys our flowers and saying that we love each other, man. I was sitting there just thinking about that, about how it was frowned to be pushed into the arts. And I'm so glad that Scott's parents had the, you know the knowledge but like let's push him into the arts and this this dude's about to sell his freaking movie man he's but his whole life is about to change and it was just you could see the emotion the emotion on him you could see the adrenaline inside his eyes man so we want to say congratulations freaking thank you for letting me come to the premiere i'm still off that high man i freaking cut my head bald had the white the white uh i had the white nike dunks on and i don't even wear nike dunks i got them for 30 dollars. i put on the nike dunks <laughs> And uh, we want to say congratulations. I can't wait for people to see it inside movie theaters, man. It's a really unique and amazing piece. I can't spoil the movie, but freaking, yo, congratulations to Scott, man. All these Yakota people doing a great job. I'm biased, man. I'm always watching. When anything happens, man, we just, we just happy for them. Congratulations to my friend Jessica Lopez, a.k.a. J-Lo. Freaking, she's uh, having, she got got engaged and has a baby. What? Everybody got nothing but good news, man. I'm a... Uh, I'm like this, like even though I'm super busy, uh, I'm like, you ever seen uh, Marvel's What If? I'm the Watcher. You don't know what's happening, but I am the Watcher. Watching, not interfering, but the Watcher. So me, I just, I, I, I love supporting anything that's good news. I love that type of good news in our life. Uh, let's go back a little bit. We got a whole long list, so I'm not going to rush. We're not going to rush it at all. Uh, so Dave Chappelle, right? Dave Chappelle has been doing a run of shows. This is before he dropped his Netflix special, so this is going to seem like I'm talking in a past tense, and then I'm going to get to the future tense. So before Dave Chappelle dropped the special, he's been doing a run of shows in New York City. So he does it at the stand. He happens to do it at the same time. Shadi's doing her HBO premiere, and uh, the owner of the stand tells Shadi, you can come down and you know meet Dave Chappelle and stuff like that. No pictures, blah, blah, blah. And Shadi's like, Jared, come down. I was like, effing, you know I'm right. So me and Lady, we slink down inside there. And... Uh, 
Dave, he's, you know, he's given a spiel about comedy and being a performer and stuff like that. But I, I noticed, like, he kept saying, like, after the special, they're going to try to cancel me. So I was like, I wonder what he said in the special, right? This is all past tense. And uh, DJ Talib Kweli, well, he's a rapper, but Doc, Talib Kweli's DJing. And Dave Chappelle's, like, you know, drinking and looking at the mirror. And I thought, I was like, maybe Dave is sick. Because he kept playing this song by Creep. Cause I'm a creep. How's it go? But I'm a creep. That I'm a weirdo. What the dad I'm doing here? I don't belong here. So I thought he was talking about not belonging. I was like, maybe he's sick. But then again, I was. Then I watched the special. I was like, oh, he was going for it. He was going for it all. Very unique side to the special, right? And uh, I'm I'm a stand-up comic. I I don't. I don't judge specials publicly, only amongst comics. I keep that between us. But uh, it was very unique, very unique special. And uh, so he, he does that, right? So he does that Friday, then Saturday, and we're out till 5 o'clock in the morning. It's 5 a.m. <laughs> and we're just like, I was like, Jesus Christ, we're super late. It's a Friday night. And uh, shout out to my girl Trina. She goes, Jack, what's up? You going home? I was like, good. We live in the same neighborhood. We all get a ride. Then they go, Dave's coming back Saturday. I'm like, oh, my God, he's coming back Saturday? So I had shows on Saturday I couldn't go, but everyone said, make sure you come Sunday. So my show is called Sunday Service. Every I'm doing it tonight, every every first Sunday of the month at 12 a.m. at the at the Grizzly Pair. And uh, we're sitting there, and Reggie texts me and goes, hey, Dave Chappelle's here. Kanye just walked in, Buster Rhymes, and I said, I'm coming now. So we get inside there, and they shut the door so no comics can get in unless you know somebody. So all of a sudden, Sherrod Smalls, who's Chris Rock's cousin, we, we see him downtown. And they go, hey, where are you going? Like, to the stand? Oh, you give me a ride. We'll go. And he opens the door. And you know how when someone's trying to rush into a building that's not inside a building? Like, like 30 people just slide in. But as we're coming in, Kanye's coming out. So we just, like, get to say what up or whatever. But he performs. I didn't, get, I didn't see the performances. I just saw Kanye coming in and coming out. But Buster Rhymes was there. And, uh. That's probably the most aggressive man. <laughs> that might be the most aggressive person. That's, and he's and that's just how he talks. He's like, yo, my man. Yo, tell me about this bar right here. And I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. So, very fun night. Uh, very fun night, which made me think about Kanye West's album, Donda, right? Because we haven't spoken like, what? Last episode we dropped was that I dropped personally. We dropped a lot of episodes, but, you know, we're catching you back up to speed. Was our dear friend, Zakia. Uh, what a wonderful episode. We got so many emails about her. Buy her books. Buy her freaking books, man. I taught her, I taught her, uh, her, her oldest son. I taught her oldest son. That's where we met. And then after that, we became friendly. And, uh, I just saw like all this artwork being posted. And I was like, man, I wonder like how long has she been an artist? And then we started talking. And the next, you know, I was like, yo, we'd love to get you on this podcast. Very unique story. Very amazing Amazing woman, mom, mother. And then after that, she came to my comedy show. It was dope seeing her and her husband at the show. So, it was, And I'm thank God it was a good show. <laughs> thank God it was a good show. So the Donda album, all the emails we've been wrote, what do you think about the Donda album? I feel like this, man. If you've never had a pregnancy scare, the Donda album is for you. If you never have been, I think it's for people who are grew up religious, You've backslid a little bit and you've lived a life like my favorite song, 24 Hours, 20, sweet Jesus, that's my, keep my spirit alive. Uh, 
and I, I don't even want to put this out publicly, but like I, I listened to Drake's Certified Lover Boy, but it just didn't move me the way it moved Kanye West. And I think you shouldn't compare the two because one is a gospel album and the other one is a, it's just, you know, it's, it's a regular album. And for the gospel album, for me, like it was just what I'm going through right now. Sometimes I need my spirit to be kept alive being in this comedy scene and going through what I'm going through, man. So, uh, yeah, yeah, man, I love, I love that album. Uh, <laughs> I think the funniest part of the album is Larry Hoover, Ju- Larry Hoover Jr. saying like, my dad will not be in charge of of the gang. I'm like, your dad is the 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 facilit the creator. No disrespect, facilitator. But I really enjoy the album. And then Kanye recently, since this, we just got to jump to speed, his Drink Champs episode was the most hilarious thing. And I'm gonna leave you a clip below. Kanye said some real stuff about like supremacy. Uh, I just feel like I like the fact that I can say this. Kanye and Dave Chappelle can be the way they are because they have a lot of fu money, right? And it's Kanye was bringing a lot of light, saying how Kevin Hart and all these other comics want to say what they want to say, but they're in with these companies, so they have different clauses. But like to be free and to say what you want to say is everything. Uh, let's we'll we'll play a couple clips from that. I'm gonna play this clip. And you can you can do this. I said, man, when I do it, we're gonna get up to Elon and Bezos and Arnaud territory. Mm. Uh, and he just says to me, very nonchalantly, well, I'm not going to say it's going to be all that. Three minutes later in conversation, he's talking to me about you got 80 accounts to open, and this is ridiculous. He said it at the beginning. Wow. You know, I said, I already heard that. I started raising my voice. Then he checked me like, who you screaming at? Who you screaming at? But it's like, boy, when you said, when you dismiss me, and when I try to stand up and you push my shoulder like that, that's a part of the programming in schools today. I seen my son do his homework at Sierra Canyon that, because I, because like daddy got his own school, <laughs> so, uh, called Donda, named after my mom, <laughs> first black female English chair of Chicago, uh, English department of Chicago State. So he's doing his homework and it's, it's math and it's got three eggs and two eggs and it says three plus two equals what? And he says five. And the next one has three eggs plus two eggs and it says two plus one equals what? And he says five. And see, the, the picture was wrong with the number. Right. He starts to get frustrated. He starts crying. He doesn't understand. And I was there, you know, thinking he was too young for me to explain this to him. I was like, no, this is getting you prepped to be pulled over for no reason mm. and think it's okay. This is getting prepped for you to be the person that deserved a job and someone else get the job. They hire Virgil over you and you think it's okay, and you can't say nothing because you a sellout to black people if you say you got to go get a hug. You know what I'm saying? They're they getting you prep. It's prep school, right, right. baby? Right. It's pre- preparation for your limitation. <laughs> Yo, that was the hardest bar without the whole team, preparation for limitation. Sometimes, man, you feel like that. Sometimes you feel like a freaking, like a caged bird. Like they, you only fly as, as much as it can. I've been feeling like that recently, man. I remember a doctor told me when I was 16 that I had seasonal depression. I was like, well, what season am I in? <laughs> but um, I, I didn't accept it. But I mean, like, recently I've been not, not frustrated, but uh, just wondering why, right? As comedians, especially in New York City, you, you, you know, it's, I'm not going to say a grind, but it's a very hard task to come up in the New York comedy scene because, you know, it's 30,000 comedians out here, right? So I, I was one of the comics who took advantage of the pandemic as all the comics, you know, shut down. I talk about this a lot. But now the comedy scene is back to where it used to be, right? 
So, you know, I'm at a lot of clubs now, more spots. My name's getting passed around. A lot of comments who wouldn't give me the time of day have given me the time of the day, which is respectable. But sometimes when they have festivals and they announce, like, comics to watch, and I wasn't disappointed, but just, like, the, some people they selected, I'm just like, man, these comics were hitting me up, like, learning how to, like, you know, frustrated in the scene. I'm like, no, nah, this is how we move. So sometimes you feel like you're getting preparation, prepared for, you know, disappointment, you know. And sometimes I feel like as black people, we're so used of getting looked over. You know, maybe not, not even black. I've never been, you know, I'm not brown or any other color, but maybe, you know, another race could speak on it. But getting looked over, feeling like you could be at a job working so hard, and all of a sudden they're just like, oh, yeah, Jared's great. But, like, is Jared compensated like this other person's compensated? Not to saying it's a, a hard ass, but sometimes we're so conditioned not to ask, right? I think sometimes with me, I'm just like, like, like yo, yo, what, what, what the f, man? Like, what, what the f? Like, I'm, I've done, to this day, 545, almost 600 by the end of this week comedy shows, right? This is the most shows I've ever done. And this is my my goal is to get to a thousand. You know, I think my goal is 700. That's why I said 700, right? And I probably, I could probably get 600 by the end of the month, but that was my goal. And it's just like sometimes comedy is more like a prison. And when I say prison, I'm saying more like classism and by colorism, right? Uh, it's divided by men and women. That's how the prison's divided by. And every race looks out for each other. So black comics look out for black comics. White comics look out for white comics. Brown comics look out for brown. Asians look out for Asians. Like that, right? You can always cross-contaminate. Not to contaminate, but you can. But it's usually that's how you come up within your race. So you don't have to be the best comic in the world you just have to be the best hispanic comic does that make sense so it, it breaks it down by like classism and sexism right not sexism right? like it's like class and sex so so you'll see like a comic from st louis so i'll just say this big comic right she shouts out three comics three white female comics saying they're the future of stand-up and it's like imagine if a black comic had that look imagine if anything else and it's just that I don't speak for white people, but a lot of white people, you know, they look out for each other, you know? Like a white comic will take a chance on a mediocre white comic because they see themselves inside someone else. As for black people, we are very hard on each other because we only want black excellence. It's like a thing inside our community where we don't support black mediocrity, right? But we used to. If you think about Chris Rock and Eddie Murphy, when Eddie Murphy found Chris Rock, he was inside a comedy club stacking chairs. He brings him on the stage. He only does five minutes. He can't tell he's great within five minutes, but he let Chris develop into Chris Rock. You know? So as sometimes as black comics, we're so used to getting our getting to the table that we don't make suggestions because we're happy we're at the table. And and and, 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 and and it's, it's maybe it was just frustrating, not frustration with black people, just frustrating that you want more black people to get an opportunity. Like with the New York Comedy Festival to bring it back, there was no black women selected, right? Me as a black man, I feel a certain way because I can name seven black female comics that would destroy anybody in the city. And I could see the frustrations, right? So it's just like the, like how Kanye said, man, it's so crazy to relate, not to relate to Kanye West, but to be like, yo, he be saying some real stuff, he, even though he got six billion preparation for your limitation and i think that's sometimes after learning how to go without within your limits right so i think it was a good story uh i know i like doing a lot of references but i learned a lot through other people's story donald glover how he was saying how he was telling his mother 
how, you know, he's a writer on the 30 Rock, and he goes, I'm going to stop doing 30 Rock and start making music, and I'm going to write my own TV show. And she's like, why would you leave something good if you got it like that? So, like, your limit, limitation, like, you're getting prepped to be, like, at a limit. So that was just, yo, shout out to Kanye West, man. Shout out to Kanye West. A lot of people hit me up, like, did you watch it? Like, I watched all two hours of it. And I usually don't have a lot of time, but I freaking watched all freaking two hours of it. Uh, I thought it was I thought it was amazing. Uh, I don't, <laughs> I'm not going to speak on Pete Davidson and uh, uh, Kim Kardashian. But I will say this, yo, Kim, let Courtney rock, man. What the freak? Courtney, if everyone's finally giving Courtney some time, come on, man. Everybody's happy for Car- Courtney. And who is it? Travis, Travis Bar- Marker? Barker? Hold on, I'm looking at the producers. Oh, Barker, the dude from Blink-182. Oh, the, oh, the, oh, the drummer. Okay. Oh, and, P- oh, okay, I get it now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, which leads to our next topic. Uh, rest in peace to the eight people killed at Travis Scott's concert. And uh, the videos look bad. But then again, I just went to a concert recently, and it is super hard for anybody to, and I was at 50 Cent concert, Rolling Loud. I'm going to talk about that. Uh, put that on the screen. Thank you. So, um. We're at a 50 Cent concert, Rolling Loud, we'll come back to Travis Scott. But 50 had maybe, it was maybe 10,000 people out there, 10,000 people rocking at Rolling Loud, and he could only hear the front row. So imagine 55,000 people screaming. You're not going to hear anything, right? And it sat, and I'm one like 17 year old, a 10 year old kid was killed. I'm like, what 10 year olds are going to concerts like that? But yeah, in a mosh pit, in a rave, I can't even imagine what Travis Scott, and I wish I would have went to Travis Scott concerts because we got the Rolling Loud tickets. Uh, we got them. Um, I bought them back in the summer. I bought them in the summer. And these expensive tickets. I'm not going to lie to you guys, but we only wanted to go for one night. I think a lady wanted to go for Friday, Saturday, Friday and Saturday. But I had comedy shows and stuff like that. So we gave the tickets to some other comics because, you know, comics, are, there's most of these comics that don't work or poor. So we gave them to some comics so they can enjoy themselves. And I sold the, sold the, the Saturday ticket. I sold that. But uh, we went. We saw Bobby Schmurda. Uh Bobby did okay. Bobby did okay. They cut off his music. He was trying to do new music. But I'm like, dog, you need to do the hits. But the, the best performance is Gucci Man. Gucci Man had it rocking. It made me feel like I was back in 2006. 2006. <laughs> Gucci Man had a kill, and Little Uzi Vert had it. I don't know a lot of Little Uzi Vert songs, but uh, all the kids liked it. But when 50 Cent came out, boy, you get look on my Instagram, I'm just sitting like, G-G-G-G-G-Unit, are you ready? We rushed to the front. <laughs> uh, what a good experience. Sometimes you just got to go and take a night off. And I realized I haven't took a night off in, you know, four months, four months, four, three months. Just took a night off, and we just enjoyed the concerts, sat back, did regular people stuff, enjoyed the concert, really Really, it's it's been a journey of 50 Cent, right? That's one of my favorite artists, 50 Cent and Kanye West. Very unique. But I remember exactly when I was in eighth grade, 50 Cent came out, and my ninth grade year is when Kanye West came out, and it was such a drastic difference from college dropout to freaking G-Unit. I'm like, man, I can't be this gangster all the time. We got BB, <laughs> BB guns. Oh, we got on the screen. Oh, Blue's Clues. This is a wow. Oh, we're going to play a clip from Blue's Clues, Steve from Blue's Clues. Here we go. Because... I got to use my mind and take a step at a time, and now I literally am doing many of the things that I wanted to do. And then look at you, and look at all you have done, and all you have accomplished in all that time. And it just, it's just so amazing, right? I mean, we started out with clues, and now it's what? Student loans, and um, jobs, and families, and some of it, has been kind of hard, you know? 
I know you know. And I wanted to tell you that I, I really couldn't have done all of that without your help. Yo, shout out to Steve from Blues. It's crazy that millennials are reached by childhood characters. <laughs> uh, we watched that. We watched that. We asked to see it. We saw that. And so many people were just like saying, did you watch the video? We watched it. And sometimes I think you need a reminder that you're doing okay. You know, it's okay to take a step back. It's okay to feel like you don't know where it is. I feel like millennials were the first group of people that went to therapy willingly, right? The first people to talk about other things. I remember, <laughs> I forgot who, I remember I went to a therapist one time and I forgot what person in my family goes, don't you go to that school council. You know she go to the church. Don't be telling our business. <laughs> <laughs> but now it's good for people to like you know talk to somebody i feel like so many we, we grew our parents of generation uh x our parents grew up with everything bottled in they didn't talk to their parents about anything you had to figure things out like as i get older me and my father we talk about more stuff like him being a black man from the south a black man from north carolina uh you want to get out of north carolina so what he did was he joined the military went to college he became an officer and he showed me and my, my family another another side of the world. But, you know, the stuff he went through as a black officer, you know, being saying things and having his word being questioned, you know, having to be on your game all the time. So when you get home, you don't want to be questioned by your kids. Like as I become a man, I start to understand that. Right. And I remember. And it's probably not easy raising millennials because we Googled everything. Imagine whoever has kids now, whatever they say to their kid, you've got to be right because the answers are literally online. You can ask any question that you wanted to. And I know, like, you know, when I go down and talk to my dad and stuff like that, like my dad is from that era where, you know, his dad probably didn't say he loved him. You know, his dad just showed his love. And sometimes my dad does that. He tells my sisters that he loves him, but my dad has a unique way of telling us that he loves and misses us. The last time he told me he loved and missed me, uh, he says it on the phone, but he said it through text message. He's, we're in a group chat. All, every everyone's family has a group message, so he takes a picture from Google Earth of the first house he had, he bought in Virginia, and goes, "Hey y'all, this is the first house we ever lived in." And I'm just like, "Dude, just say you miss us. <laughs> just say you miss me. Just say I love and miss my family, and I can't wait to see you guys all for Thanksgiving." That's his way of sharing love, right? So with millennials, we're very we grew up on messages through movies, freaking Woody, Toy Story, all Pixar. We grew up on that. So that's why if you want to reach millennials, make a cartoon, you know, freaking Family Guy. Okay, uh, Kyrie Irving. Oh, yeah, yeah, a lot of you guys emailed us about Kyrie Irving. Uh, this is how I feel about that. I understand people don't want to be vaccinated. I understand that. Uh, but I want people to just think about this, right, as, you know, I understand that, you know, that medically, you know, this is the way it's going. But as a black person, it's so hard throughout life to be told what to do all the time. Like as a black man, you got to learn how not to react. You got to learn how to keep your emotions in. You got to learn how to do all this stuff to be a professional on the job, right? And for someone to force you to do something or get out of work, think about, and this I'm not anti-vax at all. I'm not anti-vax. But think about all the people during the pandemic that worked at a hospital, right? Volunteered at a hospital. You worked at a hospital. As a nurse, you're dealing with dead bodies all the time. But as soon as mandatory vaccination, you don't want to get it. You lose your freaking job. You know, I think it's, you know, if people don't feel like being vaccinated, okay, you can do the proper protocol. They can wear masks. They can, uh, you know, have, you know, daily uh, daily uh, swabs and stuff like that. And I've seen a lot of people, a lot of especially black people of color, you know, fired from their jobs because they don't want to 
get the vaccine. It's really more like New York City based. But, uh, you know, shout out to the people who are vaccinated and unvaccinated. You know, you know, whatever time you need to trust it. I get it. I get it. But I can't force my views on anybody because it's hard telling someone to do. Because when you tell someone what to do, the course thing you're going to do is resist. So Kyrie Irvin had that same thing. But it was amazing how everyone talked about Kyrie, shut the F up, get vaccinated, da-da-da. And then Aaron Rodgers come, <laughs> comes out and says he's unvaccinated. And his medical advisor is Joe Rogan. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, a lot of people asked, oh, oh, so yes. Uh, comedy shows. We do the show every. We'll plug that at the end. I want to tell you guys a story. We Pie. I met this girl named We Pie. Right? This is how crazy our stories are. I'm on the train uh, Thursday night because I'm heading to our show Comedy Night Live. I run it with Matthew Benjamin. It's every Thursday night at RPM. But recently we had to close it. Discrepancy between the owner and you know, a little frustrating a little bit. You know, because it was a really good room and we had to give it away. But sometimes, you know, when one door closes, another one opens. So I'm rushing to get to the show, and I see this woman on the train with a giant bike. It's huge. It's a motorbike. And you know how when you look at something and you make a face, and when I made the face, she caught me making the face and goes, and it gives me a thumb up. I'm like, thumb up. So I just walk over. I'm like, hey, what type of bike is this? She tells me the type of bike it is. She's had it for four years. And all of a sudden, she has all this Dragon Ball Z paraphernalia on the bike. So I'm asking her, like, all right, are you Dragon Ball Z? She goes, yeah. And I go, Goku or Vegeta? She goes, I got to go Vegeta. I said, yeah, me too. Vegeta, the story about the underdog, making conversation. Really, I'm just trying to get her to come to the comedy show to make sure we bark people in. And then uh, I ask her, we're talking about Dragon Ball Z a lot. We're just talking about Dragon Ball Z. And I said, were you born in 1989? She goes, why would you say that? Why would you say that you were born in 1989? And she sounds, I'm not me making this up. It's not 1989. I was like, that's when Dragon Ball Z premiered. That's when the show premiered. She goes, it's crazy, you know, my age. You know, I was like, I'm born in 89 too. So we're talking, and then uh, I said, look, I got to run to another comedy show, but uh, if you want to be friends, let's follow each other on Instagram. So uh, we're leaving the train, and we she shows me her Instagram, and her first picture is her with this big black eye. And I was like, what? Oh, my God, were you hit or something like that? She goes, I'm an artist. And I worked for construction, and the palette fell on my eye and broke my retina inside my eye and everything else. I'm learning how to see again. And this is what I said to her. I said, hey, I can't complain about what the accident did to your left eye because look what the accident did to the left eye. First, Aaliyah and I, Romeo must die. I said, now we know we got angels was watching us from the other side. And she goes, that was so beautiful. Did you think of that? I said, no, Kanye West. <laughs> she goes, like, it's amazing, you know, Kanye West lyrics. And she goes, but you said angels. Is that what part of the song? I said, yeah. She goes, I had a dream about angels. Like, how's the freak? Do you know I'm Dragon Ball Z? I said, like, I don't know. But we come to the show. She comes to the show. Really great show. And that's just like New York City, man. I'm like, I'm a people person. You know, I was talking to James Camacho. I did his podcast. And he asked me, like, what's it like? I think, like, the way we grew up every three years. And if you're in the military brand, you have to bounce around a lot. So you have to be good at making friends. You cannot be good at, like, being to yourself because you can be to yourself. And then when people finally get to know you. You're off to another place, you know? So that was Weepop. We've got some major story, and she's an artist as well. We're going to put her links down there so you can follow her. Uh, oh, okay. Other things that happened to me. My phone. Oh, Sherilyn. That's my, uh, this is my heart. I'm trying to get Sherilyn on the podcast so much. Uh, but she said, everyone that's near and dear to me will not be on the podcast because they don't want to cry on the podcast. And I told them so many people have not cried on the podcast. 
Sherilyn, I, I thought I'd get up there, but I had to tell her, I had to call her and tell her, look, man, we were playing phone tag with each other. Uh, when Sherilyn, she was a young, you know, if you don't know, like when I'm not doing stand-up comedy, I teach kindergarten, right? And I get a lot of young teachers when they come in and it's their first year teaching, they usually paired off with me. And, you know, I'm teaching them how to, you know, how to not, you know, how to teach, but how to find your own, how to have life for your perspective. Because sometimes we're inside a school system, it's a lot of group think sometimes, or if someone complains, you can jump in and complain and stuff like that. So I taught her, uh, you know, I worked with her for like two and a half, three years, and she started her own business where she's doing uh, esthet- esthetician, where they do eyelashes and stuff. And I called her, I said, look, I just want to say I'm proud of you. And she goes, what? She goes, I needed that. And I was like, look, I'm proud of you. Look at that. Look how far you come. You got your own business. You're booked and busy. I was like, I, I just want to say I'm proud of you, and I, I love you. I want to just thank you. Sometimes I do that a lot. I just want to – I feel like this. I feel like shouting somebody out on their birthday is the perfect time to let someone know that you love them because you're taking one moment to let them know that they're amazing and whatever they're doing. Giving somebody a birthday shout-out is the greatest feeling in the world, and I'm good at that. And it wasn't her birthday, but I just wanted to let her know, like, look, I love you, and I see what you're doing, man. Congratulations. Keep it up. And we said that. Uh, that's been amazing. Uh, everybody asked me how work is. I, I didn't. I never thought about that. I don't really talk about work, but work has been good. If you don't know, I'm a day walker. Day walker, uh, kindergarten in the day, stand-up comedy by night. And uh, I think this year has been not hard particularly, but a little tough because I had something, a really big and we could break it down. We a really big opportunity in stand up comedy was gonna change my life and things didn't fall through. Things didn't fall through at all. And you know how when you're banking on something and it doesn't fall through and I wasn't upset. I wasn't upset, but sometimes you have to get inside the mode of being a day walk, you know, getting up early in the morning. And uh I feel like God was like talking to me or probably telling me like, Look, I'm going to be the one to change your life, not this particular person. You can't put all your faith. Sorry. Uh, hold on. All right, good. Don't put your, pay, your faith into this particular person. Put your faith in me. And honestly, it's been just been hard, like, just going to church, man, because I've read the Bible several times, right? Like, faith is the hardest thing, believing things that are not seen. So I'm, like, believing, like, God, I, freaking since I was 15 years old, man, I've been wanting to do stand-up. I remember downloading Napster when I was in I was 11 and 12, Sanford and Son DVDs, taking all these Red Fox jokes to school and stuff like that, then learning how to tell jokes on my own, then freaking moving up to New York, leaving Florida to, to take stand-up. I'm like, man, I was like, DMX, Lord, give me a sign. Show me how to reach the blind. Lord, give me a sign. And that was a sign that I, <laughs> I didn't get it. So, and it was just like finding, like it was been hard for me to go to church recently, man. It's just like really hard. I think it's because I need a, there's nothing wrong with Hillsong churches, but Hillsong churches are very, like, poppy a little bit. Lord, you're awesome. You're like an awesome God, you know, but I need, I need like that. I need that. We give you all the glory. We worship you, our God. You, that's the type of songs I need. I need that. <laughs> I need that. <laughs> I need that. Here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I, I need that freaking, I need some just music that'll speak to the soul right now, man. And uh, I wasn't, I wasn't getting it, so it's been hard for me, like, to stay, like, like, there's good Zoom churches, but I want to go live. So we went to church today, and uh, 
well Sunday. It's Tuesday now. I went to church uh, Sunday, and uh, they turned <laughs> they turned me away because it was sold out. I didn't know church was sold out. You had to go through Eventbrite to go to this new church, but uh, uh, it was good. Oh, so back back to uh, back to work. So getting back into the the mode, you know, you know, you got to get your head right. You getting up at five o'clock in the morning. You got to make it there by six forty five. You know, it's 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 not hard, but I think a lot of people have forgotten that we just literally went through a pandemic. So a lot of these people returning back to school haven't been to school in two years. So you're literally, you got to teach them to get back up to understand academic stamina too. The teachers got to get their heads right. So a lot of people have been, you know, jumping ship. But I've I've seen it change. And like I applaud my boss. Her name is uh, Emily. And I really enjoy, it's weird because she's my boss but a friend. Does that make sense when you got a boss that's a friend? Here we go, my friend. Home at, oh, sorry, I can't say Robert no more. But I'm very uh, proud of how she's grown as a principal. You know, like I've seen him grow. Like she's, you know, making a tough decision. Sometimes you got to fire people that aren't pulling their weight. And she did that. And I'm just like, and you're recruiting people in. So it's just like whoever's in the education field, man, give them your, give them your, uh, I feel that sound. Give them an extra ear and give them some grace because it's, it's going to be a hard year. And uh, it takes it takes a while, but now we're back in the swing. We're back in the swing of things. Everybody's listening, so it's good. Uh, a lot of people. This is our last question, and we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up. But we're wrapping three months up, so forgive me if we're going fast. But um, everyone asked how was the one year anniversary show. It was amazing. We did the park. Matthew did thirty four minutes, and uh, now we're moving the show. Our last show is November seventeenth. Uh, we're in the park. It's cold as f, but like these these new people coming to the shows are not used to being in cold weather. So we're going to move the show indoors to Arcadia Bar, and uh, I want to play this clip of what Matthew said about me, and then we're going to end this podcast. Uh, I talked to Joe Sappho, and he goes like, I, "I listened to the podcast late, so I'm getting like updates on your life four months later." But uh, little Matthew, like I said, I seen him start when he was 15 years old. And now he's like a man in the city. Now he's a man. He freaking has a girlfriend now. Matthew's always going to have a girlfriend. He's more of a... Matthew is what I call a certified lover boy, right? Lady tells me all the time that I'm, I'm too hard on Matthew because I see myself in him, which which I do. But uh, I, I didn't I didn't know he said this until uh, we recorded we recorded our, our one-year anniversary. And the guy who... And we did a documentary. Like, what I do is in life... Uh, every three months or two months, I take a camera, I put it in front of my face, and I download my life, right? I talk to my future grandkids and say, this is what I'm doing, this is how old I am, what day it is, what year it is, what's happening in my life. And I do it, you know? No one's going to put the camera in front of you, but we all have cameras, so we can make our own documentaries. But this time, I had this guy, he does film to document our park show. And I burned my house down. And I went through some, a lot of other things. So, like, I hope that by me being able to talk about it on stage and get everybody laughing, it also helps them forget about whatever they went through during their pandemic, too. You know what I mean? So, it's cool. It's fun. Yeah, I want to thank Jared Waters for being the OG, showing me what's up, showing me how to do this, how to be a wolf out here, man. I hope the next year is just as freaking awesome as the last one, man. Uh, I mean, I think that actually, honestly, more speaks on the character, like, Jared, man, like, he is just a founder of knowledge, and he has no problem sharing it with whoever's willing to listen and whoever wants to put the work in. So, like, I find a lot of comedians actually like 
to play like this gatekeeper role of the knowledge that they've learned over the time that they've been doing comedy, you know, but whereas Jared is like, I'll give you all the keys that you need. If you choose to use them, then you choose to use them, you know, and that's that's on you. He's definitely the type of person where he'll lead you to the lake, you know, and he'll, he'll, he'll teach you how to fish. So that's, Jared is definitely like, there's, if I wasn't doing this show with Jared, I definitely wouldn't be doing what I'd be doing now, you know, like for real, he's the man. What's your goal with this comedy? I, uh, I'm going to be honest. I uh, I didn't know he said this. I didn't know he said any of this. Uh, I'm not an emotional person, but uh, sometimes I'm triggered by words. Uh, Matthew Arvalo is a young stand-up comic. He's 21. Definitely, he's nothing like me when I was 21. Uh, way funnier. Uh, I think if I was in New York City at 21, I would understand comedy more. I was kind of lost until I was like 23 with comedy-wise. Um, but uh, I guess he made a lot of points about like this, like, Sometimes with this comedy game, I'll end it like this. This comedy business is so hard to know the right direction. Like my first two years in New York City, I spent it lost. You know, I should have been around certain people, but I was doing, I wasn't lost. I was doing things that actually matter. You know, if I wasn't doing this, I met DC Benny. DC Benny was the first comic that ever put me at the Comedy Cellar. That's one of the greatest com, the greatest, you know, comedy clubs in New York City. You know, I did that within the first year I was here in New York City. And some people take a while to get in, to do a show at the Cellar. Oh, sweet. Sorry, I hate flies. But uh, I, did, <laughs> I did that. I tell the story a lot, DC Benny. And then, um, but sometimes it gets frustrating in the scene because you don't know who's an agent, who's a manager, who's going to get this packet to who. Oh, are you networking enough? It's so much of a gamble. And I remember, I think it's like with life, I think I learned this listening to the, the, the episode with me and Janet about and that's why I love this podcast so much because everybody I speak to triggers an emotion that I used to have and stuff that I remember, like the keys of life that I understand. I think the best thing that ever happened to me was me getting cut off a varsity football team. And the reason why I tell the story a lot is because I realized that what I have to do now is I have to just be JV and make JV better, right? Instead of worrying about, all right, how do I get into this next phase of life? I'm going to make sure that where I am in life is going to be good and the people around me are going to grow, right? And the people coming up, I'm going to let them know the mistakes I made so you can be better. So, yeah, I'll hang at the comedy cellar sometimes, but I'm not just going to be there all night. I got to do my own shows. So it's good knowing that you know, Matthew's listening. You know, and when I say this kid is funny, this kid is funny. It's worth it. It needs to be a whole lot better. I rob him, for, <laughs> I rib him for that. But uh, I'm proud of him. I'm proud of him. But I know there's mo so much more to this game than what he can do. And I think that's that's like that with everything. Like I remember Sinbad. You know, not I can't say Robin. I'm gonna say rest in peace. But he's still alive. Uh, Sinbad. I'm talking to his manager, and. She's telling me about Sinbad. I was like, I'm talking to her. I was like, yo, that's my favorite comedian. And she goes, why is your favorite comedian? I was like, look, I know way more stuff about Sinbad and everything else. And she said something deep to me before. And she goes, well, make sure people know your name. And that's my goal, man. My goal is to, you know, make sure people know my name. I, I know I freaking, you sacrifice a lot, you know, when you're trying to make it. You know, I, sometimes I wonder, like, why God blessed me with this gift. You know, I could have been a freaking coding. I think I could have been the funniest coder or a funny a funny stock. It's never too late, but I just love stand-up comedy. That's my life. I love it. I've been making jokes since I was 14. Like, I love writing jokes. I love performing. I love everything else. But sometimes you get a little frustrated when, now it's not going to say acknowledgement, where you see something that you know you should have, but you don't got it. And uh, sometimes it makes me think of the Bible. It goes, what profit the man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? 
So I guess I gotta examine who I am as a person and see like if I did get this high, what I would what would I've done, you know? So it's 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 a growth, man. It's a growth process. We're all growing as people. Uh, I encourage anybody out there that's going through some stuff, talk to somebody. You know what I mean? Keep going after your dreams. Congratulations again to my dog Jenny getting engaged. Shout out to J Lo getting engaged. Shout out to the major, major darling putting on putting on that gold, that gold freaking flower. Shout out to my dog Cam. Uh uh, Killer Cam, Cam Cooper, happy belated birthday. Shout out to everybody, man. Uh, I'll leave you with this quote. This quote uh, was by an artist named Kanye West. Going to leave this quote, then we're going to end it with our man G Double O to the D I E. Uh, this is the podcast, One Man, One Tree in a Hill. This quote, ladies and gentlemen, keeps me getting through the whole week. Be talking about I got your bitch. Instagram got your bitch. Instagram got your bitch. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is the podcast, One Man, One Tree in the Hill. Uh, new episodes will be dropping the following Tuesday, right? The following Tuesday, we got the episode. We have Zubi Ahmad. We have uh, a lot of great guests that we've doing. We've got our podcast back, so we're back in motion. Our goal is to get 180 episodes. We're probably not going to get that this year, but you know what? We got our podcast back. That's the most important thing. Uh, love somebody. Hug somebody. If you know anybody who'd be great on the podcast, shoot them through. We'll, everybody's, got a t- everybody's got a freaking time capsule, and we're willing to listen. Have a great night. Podcast, one man, one tree in a hill. Say what up to the people. This is when I see black excellence, man. It's Dave Chappelle, Michael Che, Lauren Michaels, Chris Rock, Eddie Murphy, all sitting at the table. I said, yo, Eddie, Mr. Murphy, as I just want to say, man, you the goat, man. And you're the coldest nigga that ever walked the face of the earth. You gotta break that thing over. She wants it private, but y'all not even together right now. So we haven't spoken about anything but the cat for at two least months. two months. And then I said, and I said, uh-uh, and I'm be the next Jamar neighbors.
And she was up like, I know that's right. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the podcast. My name is Jerry Waters, and I'll catch you next time. Like, subscribe, rate the podcast. Have a wonderful night, wonderful day, whatever you're listening to. I'll see you soon.